Welcome everyone to the Ruby Moments podcast and today uh, you will be dealing with me and a very special guest and I do apologize it would just be me this time. On Today on this podcast we have Santa Freeman with us. Hello. So <laughs> we will start to uh, get to know you a little more with uh, this first question being how did you start with RT and Ruby and what do you do for them? So I actually started in early 2016 as a freelance artist on Red vs. Blue Mercs doing concept art. And then a lot later, I got hired on full-time as a concept artist starting with um, Ruby 4. And uh, and since then, I've mostly done concept and matte painting with occasional side things. Yep. So which volume did you start on then? Well, 2016 was around... Uh, I believe that volume, was volume 4. four? Yeah. Okay, so... Ah, uh, so as the Monte era was ending. Yeah, basically. Interesting, interesting. Okay, uh, the next question is, where were you before Rooster's Eve? Like, what were you doing, etc. Uh, uh, examples, this is uh, tied into the fan question of from a guy called Xander Hannes. How long have you been doing... Uh, okay, uh, apologies. How long have you been doing with your art skills? Uh, so, I've been doing it for a while, uh, like pretty much since I was like a child, like most artists have. Uh, I went to the Savannah College of Art and Design um, and majored in sequential art with a minor in game design and concept art. And after I graduated college, I wasn't doing super great. Like I did a lot of freelance, like a lot of uh, freelance pixel art. I did art for like a furry game, uh, actually. Really? Did, um, yeah, <laughs> I did. Um, I did children's books, actually, a theme park one time, a lot of random stuff until finally I got my research job. Interesting. That is an interesting, uh, you could have an interesting portfolio. Actually, yeah. I probably I butchered that word. So, <laughs> okay. So, how has it been working for something as a phenomenon as Ruby? Uh, it's been really fun, mostly because, like, if you do look at my portfolio, which, I mean, is obviously full of Ruby crap now, but even before that, it was filled with, like, a bunch of, like, colorful fantasy stuff, and, you know, that's what Ruby is, and, um, I do like all the fan inter interaction with, like, that's something with Ruby has, and how the community, as much as other fans complain about each other, um, I, I kind of appreciate it more, like, I love League, but I, I look at, like, the social media replies and League posts, and I'm, like, scared of them. You know, so uh, it's it's been good. It's In been good. Interesting. Uh, just a small bit of that. What interesting? What is your opinion on kind of the more vocal majority of the fan base that are very kind of against a lot of uh, like the other community, like the part of the other part of the community, like the very vocal ones that just go out of their way to attack people that don't agree with them. I actually have a, it's a curiosity. What's your honest opinion? Uh. I typically kind of stay out of it just because um, I do think that fandom should kind of police itself. Does that really, does that make any sense? Like, I know. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Like, it does make sense that a community, like the, what the series or game or whatever is based on, they, they don't have, they don't have like the need. They don't need to police their own community. They just want the community to, you know, be a, a welcoming environment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I don't necessarily think the company has a big place in that. This is just no. my opinion, obviously, because I think it's up to the community to decide what's acceptable for them and what's not. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just kind of like, uh, don't be an asshole, but I'll leave you, I'll leave you a little nerds to it, <laughs> you know? 
Oh, you're, you're asking a little bit much from the, from the community, though. You're asking a bit much. I mean, is it as bad as, like, Star Wars? I'm sorry, Star Wars fans, but y'all know what I'm talking about. That is a fair comparison. Yeah. I'll give you that. That's a fair comparison. I'll give you that. Okay, on to the next question. So, you've been working for Ruby for a long time, so you must be aware of the safety rules and regulations. So, why are there no handrails in the center location in Volume 8? I take offense to this because I'm the one telling people I'm adding safety rails to my shit. You can actually see it in, like, the snowshoe facility. I put, like, safety cages on the ladders. And the directors were like, why? I'm like, safety! But... I mean, literally the reason, and the reason you'll see this in a lot of media, is we needed to be able to easily push people off the platform, <laughs> basically. A... Um, and also, they didn't want, like, rails to, like, block shots, so that's literally the reason, literally the reason that most other things, like Star Wars, won't have handrails. <laughs> so, so, let me get this clear. This, this entire thing of just was just because they wanted to be make it easier so they could like quote unquote murder off a character if needed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you see that in Star Wars too, like in the first Star Wars there's no handrails so they can easily push Luke off the bridge. But like in the new trilogy, they actually have to like lift Han Solo over the rails, you know, which they they couldn't do at the time. I mean, because I mean, there's a lot of... I would actually look into the making of the original Star Wars if you have it. It's actually quite interesting. So, yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. there, there you go, there you go uh, Ruby fans and any other fans that are watching. <laughs> Recommendation from Santa. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's it. And also, that is interesting. You actually... Uh, you put in safety precautions in I other have, places. I have. Yeah, like, look in the background. I add rails and I add safety cases. <laughs> that is really funny, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The next question we have is there has been so, yeah so the thing the me the handlebars have been a bit of a meme for uh in uh our server and our like our group for a while, especially when the particularly especially when the plot doesn't need them, which yeah. is now explained why. So we're gonna take a look at the, some concept art uh you have, of course made and uh, a fan question from uh Captain Rusty. You made some incredible designs such as the new Grim, the Tempest. So his question is, were there any Grim designs or names that were turned down or were there at first uh, tries? I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, there's Grim designs that are turned down all the time. Like I recently, um, if you check out my portfolio now in the characters creatures sections, you can actually um, see a lot of uh, what the original explorations for um, the Grim were. Uh, I would say rarely is the first rough taken. Um, it's often like a lot of iterations and then they pick their favorite, then we do the turnaround. Um, as for as for names, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, because like, like Carrie and uh, Eddie and stuff will just have the name there. I don't know if they went through a process of like 50 million names. <laughs> so... Yeah. That'd be them, but when they come to us, they pretty much have the name already, so. Very interesting. Looking at these designs, I, I don't know, uh, I don't think the fans are going to be able to see this, but look at the designs. They are very, very nice wood, a novel recommendation to go look at these. Thank you. Okay, on to the next one. We have, 
you've been posting uh something okay i'll be honest i don't really know about this myself but you've been apparently posting a lot of delicious looking food on your twitter are those con are those content that didn't make it in or did they uh, oh yeah or, i think they're talking they about this food right here which is my art station collaboration i mean not collaboration, I, collection of the food i posted on twitter I um see. Yeah, uh, this was during a time uh, between Genlock and Ruby 7 before we had the scripts. We had, like, an outline, and the outline only said there was going to be, like, a banquet, and so I was just like, I'll just bake food that will go on tables, um, and I did that for a little bit, so this food didn't make it in, because when the script was finalized, they just wanted food that was on trays, <laughs> so, um, no, these are just... Technically canon foods, because they were approved to be in the world, but, like, they didn't make it into the show. So. <laughs> Very fun. Yeah. That is, uh, now I have context what the hell that was. <laughs> okay, must... Oh, motherfucker. Okay, so, uh, I'm not... I'm gonna move on to the next one, because I'm mm -hmm. just, uh, checking something. Velvet, I will get back... I will speak to you about this, because I didn't register this. <laughs> Up next, we have a question from Kina. How many different references, mythical or not, are used when creating a character or Grimm in your eyes? Oh, like, tons and tons of references, because, like, the Grimm, like, ultimately at their base level, uh, they are just, like, a demonified real animal, right? But, like, you also want to look at, like, how other um, media stylizes animals because it's quite useful like uh, i know this sounds weird but i also look a lot like, like Yu-Gi-Oh, because their creature design can get so strange and i'm kind of fascinated by it um but then also looking a lot at like monster hunter and um a lot of like uh like wow you know uh, yeah, tons, tons. yeah well that's interesting to mention a few of those things particularly uh monster hunter and thing due to how much the uh how much they actually the creators of Monster Hunter actually put a lot of thought on how these their creatures would exist in like yeah, yeah, yeah. the universe and how like and, and like every small bit about them is stated. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh though is much fun because that's just more fantastical creatures. Oh yeah, they're, they're super insane. I love Yu-Gi-Oh dragons. Agree. Uh, also, a uh, big fan actually myself. I do play Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes. Not real yeah. life, but not real life, but a big fan of it. I actually play both of them. Wow, well, not really my thing. I don't like yeah. those games, but very interesting, very interesting. Uh, just thing is about uh, just thinking about that the characters when uh, because it was mentioned in that question. Do you normally work with characters that often, or no, mostly, very no? rarely? Um, I would say my main claim to character is I designed Chase in the tank in Genlock because <laughs> I really wanted to. Uh, otherwise, the characters I've designed have mostly been in like the far background. <laughs> like I rarely did characters. We had we had a lot of good character designers on the, on the team already, so we didn't oh like really need me. Look you know? at the portfolio, your portfolio. You were the one who created the Hound's human body. Is that true? No, that was uh, Larissa uh, Angus. You just helped finalize it. Uh, no, Larissa actually did all of the Hound. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder yeah. why. Why did you place it on the portfolio? Uh, your portfolio. I'm saying this wrong. Oh, this not in my portfolio. Is it? It is. I think you made it. Yeah, no, crowding creatures. I noticed the hound in there. That's why I was asking. Oh, oh no, no, no. That's that's Larissa. <laughs> oh, I see. So, oh no, I apologize. That is Genlock. I mixed it up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. my fault. Apologies, everyone. 
<laughs> okay, the next question is uh, from a bloody Roselia. For those who are creating artwork for their own original Grim, what are some good ground rules to keep in mind in the design? So, I'm assuming this question is in the context of, like, I want to make my own fan Grim be, like, following the canon rules, I'm assuming? So I'm going to answer would, it. That yeah, would be yeah. the uh, context, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to answer it in that way. Um, I'd say mostly the the hardest and tightest rules are the colors. Like, um, early Grim, like, I would say, like, I know this sounds like kind of crazy, but like the rules were really established for colors in volume seven. And since then all Grimm kind of follow those. Um, and actually Grimm from previous volumes that didn't match for when they were reintroduced to the show again, they were actually updated to have the colors matching. Um, I would say if you look up the concept for like the Grimm Ursa, like the new one or the, the new Beowulf, um, those colors are pretty tightly followed. Uh, otherwise, it's kind of go nuts. Because, I mean, there are some general rules to follow, but they've also been broken before. Like, um, obviously, there's, like, a lot of bone plating. You, like, emphasis on the head, but then, like, the monster has no eyes, and neither does, like, the seer or the tempest, you know? Um, well, generally... The, well, the creature, the last two don't really, uh, the creature they're based on, they don't really have eyes either, so yeah. I don't know where would you put them. Yeah, yeah. Um, generally, the red markings are only on the bone plating, but then sometimes they're not only on the bone plating. Um, so, yeah, I think those are the rules, pretty much. Otherwise, it's kind of like... Small, uh, small thing that I want to add on to this question. What about Grim that have like extra abilities that aren't really part of the biology, like particularly like fire, like like uh fi like fireballs or similar like breath attacks? What a uh, wild rule or like would a Grim be able to have like a poison kind of? Oh, oh yeah, they they did have a poison. Um, the uh the center centaurian. Uh, so that's actually yeah. acid. That was not poison. Uh, yeah. Oh that yeah. Was... Um, those the, I, that's the crazy thing too is those those colors can be different depending on um what the what the concept wants to get across you know so like it depends <laughs> i know that's like a bad answer but depends yeah. so my preference of what i'd like doing when i'm making grim is i don't really like giving giving grim like very unique abilities unless they're kind of considered like more rare like yeah. much more like i i from all the grim that we've seen now is kind of breath attacks the most common grim sphinx well of course leviathan or as the community has nicknamed the Bubbles. Bubbles the yeah. Leviathan. <laughs> correct name to give them. Like yes. all those larger Grim have seemed to have more unique abilities. Well other like uh like the Seer is a unique Grim is I w it's not the most common Grim. I don't even know if it seers are can be in the wild. Can they? Oh, I actually have no idea either. That's an Ooh. interesting question. I wonder if like Okay, this is this is me in headcanon territory because I never asked Carrie or Eddie or Miles about this. Of like, did Salem like make them by herself? That is the good question. Did she control them? That would be an interesting question if we can yeah. get any <laughs> if we can get that any of them on the podcast. But I doubt. <laughs> They're busy people. They are. Busy they are. <laughs> well, let's move on to the next question. So when you so when you're creating the concepts for the Grim thus far, the Lancers, Monster, Tempest, uh, talk us through the process of how you came up with them. Like, what was, what were you given? Were you given anything to work with? Uh, like any meetings over designs? Like, 
stuff like that. References to one outline. Oh yeah. So normally, um, we uh, obviously we at least get like a brief from uh, the director of the episode. So um, it'll start with writing, but then um, you'll have episode directors like Dustin and Paula and Connor and stuff like that who have they normally take over like the first appearance of the Grim, if that makes sense. And um, depending on the director, there will be like they'll have like little thumbnails or. Um, references but i would say out of all the concepts in this show the grim are the most nebulous in that like normally with a character you still start with like a base you know and then design off that base but uh with the grim you go like way back and do like very rough sketches and even um thumbnails to begin with which isn't super common just because like normally you kind of know what you're making but with grimming you can kind of get a little crazy um sometimes we have storyboards um already done of what they want the grim to do like so you have to design this grim but it has to be able to like punch in this specific manner so you have that extra information to do that with and other times the storyboards wait on what they have you know um i, I think that's kind of it and then after that it's just making like the clean turnaround for uh modeling interesting like well that is the difference of incubation character does grow up require much more in comparison to a grim due to you know actively going to have a personality mostly yeah. than a grim yeah. so it does make sense yeah like it is more and also the inspiration things most grim have a very simple inspiration and they don't it's just the creature it's based on can be that's yeah. kind of the limit or a character can be met like whatever the inspiration can do a lot with that yeah so that so that is a very interesting answer to say the least so I do not mind. You all off? Nah, not really. I mean, it kind of depends on the Grim, I would say. But, like, like, when you see them cut, you don't see, like, a bone. You know, they're made of, like, the Grim stuff. I don't know if there's an actual... I just call it, I just call it Tar, to be honest, because it looks like Tar. Yeah. Yeah. I called it Goo. <laughs> <laughs> everyone can everyone has their own name because it's never been cons- it's ne- it's just the grim stuff that's but... yeah yeah it's that's more like just the material they're made of i mean like again there are notable exceptions like the monstra obviously has like a giant skeleton inside but, like, I would say the Beowulf doesn't really, because, like, they're not really animals, right? They're, they're like, manifestations of, Destruction. Like, destruction, yeah, so... Well, they are, they come from the pool of destruction, so... Yeah. <laughs> Just how... Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, imagine if they did. They'll probably destroy everybody. They're big. They're big boys. They're very dangerous. They're an ape. They're not yeah. a monkey. But he was busy getting beat up by Ironwood, so you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For 
I actually... Oh. I will say, actually, one fun fact is I rarely design characters. However, uh, I did design all the beat-up versions of Oscar in Volume you... 8. <laughs> no! <laughs> that was no, my you... only character assignment in Volume 8 was beat-up Oscar. <laughs> no! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is really funny. That is uh, really I believe funny. my coworker described it as destroy the boy. <laughs> destroy. <laughs> well, okay. Do I have to mention that now? Are you <laughs> I have a dislike of anyone that's like a teenager or below. They're obnoxious that I wish to punt them to the stratosphere. But that is illegal. So I can't do that. <laughs> I don't... They're obnoxious. I hate them. Can, can... But yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's move on from the next question. <laughs> uh, I, I am perfectly fine. That was a fun question, though, you uh, posed. Okay, so, next one is, okay, was it the same when it came to concepts for the environment and settings used in uh, Ruby? This is going off from the last question about, uh, you know, concepts in general. Uh, yes, um, and also, again, it's kind of like uh, differences in, with environments. I would say it varies a lot more wildly than Grimm, just because some environments have very clear references because they'll basically say, like, this building that you're having to design is literally attached to this other building that's already designed. So that already gives you like a clear um, pathway to making that concept. But then others, like um, I would say uh, the final fight area, um, central location, you called it in eight, like that was kind of like totally off the wall there. I don't think there were any references for that when um, Weston actually did the roughs for that concept. And uh, I think he just started thumbing stuff out. Um, and but then others have very more plot-specific um, things they must follow. Like, the Shallow Sea, I think, was one of the ones that had probably the most, like, quote-unquote lore established before uh, I designed it. So, um, the answer is, it depends. But I would say the process is a lot different, just because on a show like Ruby, it obviously doesn't have, like, the highest budget, so you don't have, like, infinite amount of time to just keep doing iterations of environments. So normally, yes. after we get, like, the basic idea we jump into building the block out in 3d and then um showing that to directors and being like does this do everything you need it to do like we'll do like really simple renders of like shots they specifically want and say um so is is this working for you and they'll be like yeah and then we'll like slowly build up the 3d to be um a bit more um finished looking and so they get a better idea of it and then after that we push it to final and hand off our um, crappy uh, concept model to boards and modeling to finalize. <laughs> I also just realized I'm an idiot. Oh, why? I unmuted in Discord, didn't unmute in OBS. Oh. So, oh, no. that whole previous section is going to feel strange to people because I'm an idiot! I forgot I muted myself in OBS as well. <laughs> 
Are you unmuted now? Yeah, I'm 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 unmuted now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to put text on screen and go back and put text screen on there. That's gonna be fun to find that section. I am a bloody idiot. I forgot I muted myself in OBS because I wasn't here for a good five minutes. Can you like put yourself on text to speech during that part? <laughs> Please do that. That would be amazing. Please put yourself on text to speech. That'd be great. That'd if I can, I great. will, but I don't think I'll be able to do that because I'd have to dissect the video. I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well then, well then, everyone. Uh, you're the host, the main, uh, the main uh, person of the channel. I swear, everyone. we are professionals. When it comes to this, I swear, in the case of, I am a, I am an idiot. I had to run somewhere and take care of something. I come back, I hear the question, I think I've got an interesting add-on to that. I unmuted Discord, didn't realise I was muted in OBS until I look at it and just go quiet for a minute, look at it and go, well, fuck. <laughs> Well, oh my god! Back to that. I do like I do like bringing up the budget because I'm very aware of shows and budgets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, let's get on to the next one then. Do you use any real life or real world references uh, with your work? I believe oh, yeah. you did answer this earlier, but would you yeah, like to elaborate like... more on it? Any oh yeah, like thoughts? all the time, in particular for environments, because like I I just like to learn, and obviously it's like a high fantasy show, but it's um. Uh, it's kind of like when you come to stuff like, I need to design, like, a base in the middle of the snow, but then you look, but then you want to do research and be like, what partic in particular about actual Arctic bases makes them feel like Arctic bases, right? Because I do think it's a pitfall of a lot of, um, God, I don't want to sound rude, but like, amateur concept artists, how they're like, well, I want to design, like, a fantasy tent and then they immediately go to like world of warcraft or someone who's already designed tents and the design off of them without really like thinking what makes their like tent in the woodlands feel like a tent in the woodlands you know what i mean they're just kind of following what another concept artist already did so i think it is extremely important to like look and do your research and figure out like what makes things feel a certain way and like what little subtle cues that aren't too subtle but like enough to get your intent across, so yeah, look like constantly all the time, like you know. Hmm, interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of concepts, we have a question from Didza. I do apologize, D I D S V A. I apologize if I got your name wrong. So, in your concept of uh, Ruby Volume Eight Burger Restaurant, uh, it is placed in the chat uh, for you just to look at it again. Do you have any uh, a story behind the two women in the background picture? Because why did you put them there? Oh, well, I did. Um, it actually it's a dude and a girl, um, but they can be two women if the fans want. Like basically, if you look at the concept, uh, which Velvet put in the chat on the left, there's a guy who's a miner, and my plot was for them that, um. Like, the guy was a miner, and then uh, his girlfriend was starting a restaurant in Mantle, but, like, was kind of facing discrimination for, like, a customer base and funding and stuff because she was a faunus, and then... Uh, what, he got uh, to, like, what trait was her, by the way? I'm just curious. Uh, oh, yeah, you can't see it in the concept. She has uh, yeah. lynx ears. Lynx, uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't, and, uh, I, don't, I don't think that one is uh, seen a lot in the community, so that's nice. 
Yeah, and um, then he got into a mining accident, but was able to get enough funding before that to help run the restaurant. So there you Aww. go. Was that the same mining accident that killed Ilya's parents? Are they that old? Oh, uh, I don't know. Could okay, be. that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't some... think that far. <laughs> Did not think that far. Hey, that's it. Well, I don't, I would say I doubt it. Being how it seems how Atlas treats everyone, I imagine mining accidents are actually pretty common here. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's not like any other stories behind like the concepts. Like you think of stories when you're making the concept. Like, is there any interesting stories that you oh, come up with? Constantly, all the time. I can't remember any off the top of my head because again, I don't mostly design uh, characters. Uh, there is actually one interesting one in Pietro's office, I guess, which was one that Carrie actually came up with that. Uh, uh, I guess I think I can tell this because I said it in the show where uh, like Pietro is like I was I wanted to design shoes that help you dance or something but like in the concept Carrie specifically requested that there's like scuff marks on a part of the floor so that's where his like failed dancing was until he got it right like there's like a lot of little stuff like that. <laughs> It's the little details. I love I love little details in animation and that. Like seeing it with like Ice Queendom's first chapter when the official one came out, noticing the little difference between that and like the premiere and seeing those little differences and those little changes. I'm always looking for like the little details in the background throughout Ruby. And it's like a where's Wally or a treasure hunt to see if you can see any interesting details. Where's Waldo? Who calls it Where's Wally? What the fuck? I couldn't think. I couldn't think of the name. <laughs> you, you no. You must be. You must be shamed. It's Where's Waldo. Everyone knows that. <laughs> uh, I forgot the name. I forgot the name. My brain is not working properly today. <laughs> I can tell. I think all the audience can tell. Well, to. <laughs> On the next question, are there any interesting concepts that never made it into any of the volumes that you can talk about? No, not allowed. Uh. Sometimes, like, sometimes they, like, aren't necessarily completely cut. They're just pushed farther out. So oh. oftentimes it's a spoiler. I <laughs> yeah, see. So not allowed. Will you be allowed when you're not working with the RT? Will you be able to drop everything when you're not working for RT in that? Just like, you know, slide that out there inconspicuously? Yeah, if I want to get super duper sued. <laughs> <laughs> it is still owed. I, lot, I imagine a lot of the RT stuff, like a lot of the Ruby stuff you make is like owned by RT. Yeah, I... yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> so... Okay, so I'm curious, how much, how much of your work is actually like, is there any of your work for Ruby that isn't owned by RT currently? Is there anything you've made that just is yours? For um, long? I mean, yeah, because I've done my own fan art and shit of Ruby. I haven't done... Oh, yeah, I did the... Okay, this was so long ago, but, like, I did, like, dumb fan art. Like, here's my Land of the Lustrous Ruby crossover fan art. Land like... of the Lustrous? What is that? Why does that sound familiar? It's, it's anime. Oh! Universe. Oh, yes, yeah. I do remember it. Never heard of it. Yes? <laughs> Oh, it, uh, I like it. <laughs> it's about sentient crystal people. <laughs> like, yeah. No, like they fight these weird moon aliens or whatever they are. I wonder... it's, uh, it's very strange. I really like it. <laughs> I wonder how many people that are watching this are going to get that. Let us know in the comments if you actually know Land of the Illustrious. 
goes, uh, yeah, um, uh, it goes fucking hard near the end. Some people, yeah, goes hard in the, uh, it, I know I'm, it recently I'm, started its, uh, serialization again, so I've been excited. Yeah, though, sadly, there's only one, uh, anime season of it, though, yeah. being how high quality everything looks, and it's also, interesting side, side thing, uh, for, for being a 3D animation anime, it doesn't look terrible. Like, well, I actually think it's gorgeous, like, it's, it's weird, um, because I actually think the 3D fits Land of the Lustrous extremely well, because, like, part of the lore of the, uh, the world is that the characters are essentially like skeletons, kind of, like, they represent, like, the bone, basically, and, like, their hair is also meant to be, like, stiff, you know, it's not meant to be flowing, like, real hair. So I actually think it works extremely well for that story in particular. I'm just comparing it that to the Berserk remake they tried to make oh, like around yeah. the same time about yeah. like three D animes going from you either do Berserk or you do Land of the Luxury. Do Land of the Luxuries. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, like, like, the only issue with doing that one is the budget, because holy shit, that yeah. is so it is very pretty. It yeah, is very yeah, pretty. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the only thing is like often very high quality CG is actually more expensive than 2D. This is so, why Trigger is the best one. They make all the yeah. best looking shit. Our Orange, I love Orange. Beastars and Land of the Luscious People. Look at that. They're Ooh, good. Ooh, they are. Yeah, Beastars. Mm -hmm. But let's uh, continue off. Let's continue. No more, no more Studio Orange. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Any concepts that you can tease for Volume 9? I'm gonna say I'm probably gonna be a no one. No, the only yeah, thing I, I will tease for Volume Nine. This is my non-spoiler teasing. Is um, so <clears throat> I liked it a lot more doing it a lot more. I mean than Seven and Eight because I did like Seven and Eight, but like obviously a lot of the colors are like muted and primarily blue uh, and dark. You enjoyed how chaotic it was. Yeah, Nine is very colorful and very crazy. So I had a lot of fun with making Nine, but that's that's my non-spoiler tease okay. for Nine. Well, I have a small question. In the teaser we saw, is there any of the active characters you had worked on? Like active the knight, the knight or the um, masked horn creep person? Did no. Both that the was... knight, the knight was designed by Aaron Wynn, and Ooh. the horned creature was designed by Larissa Angus. If you want to look, interesting. I'm guessing so that mostly did all the environmental voice. Yeah, I'm guessing that the big whipped cream and big cherry that we see in the group shot team Ruby, that's going to be done by you. I'm guessing the massive pile of whipped cream. Yeah, yeah that, that, yes, that's, that was me actually. <laughs> I like doing the food. The food <laughs> is one of the <laughs> underrated <laughs> things. Yeah, I love doing food. <laughs> well then, uh, you, are you just a food person? You enjoy a good meal? Then? Weirdly, no. I just like designing food. Like, one of my favorite parts of, like, Miyazaki films is how they make all the food look delicious, even though I wouldn't like it IRL. <laughs> you know? Oh. Welcome to my entire existence, then. Yeah. yeah. Bi <laughs> Bionic is yeah, one for I, not I, eating. I, I, skipped... I did skip a thing. Because you mentioned that. Yeah. Because it wasn't important, you dickhead. <laughs> I will always throw well, you under the bus when, you know. But I am honestly... You under the bus I am looking forward to seeing what you bring to the table for Volume 9, because if I'm not mistaken, Volume 9 is your last one? Or is that Volume 10? Because I know uh, you're leaving. It was actually the Justice League crossover. That's the last thing I worked on. Ah. Is, is that it? No. Uh, so no volume 10 to 12 then? Or any of the uh, extra? No, I didn't work on 10 to 12. Ah. Mm, I see. 
That's going to be sad. I do really enjoy your work. And we can't get any teasers for the Ruby Justice League crossover from her yet. We can't squeeze her for that information no. yet. I, well, I, wouldn't, I, just, I, wouldn't, well, I wouldn't only well, have RT on me, I'd also have Warner on me. Well, I'm just happy no. it isn't based on the comics. Yeah. They were bad. Because they were bad, like, seriously. Like, thank God this is, like, its own... It's the same concept, but doing something different. Thank God, those comics are bad. And yeah. everyone who says they weren't, you're objectively wrong. Be quiet. I'm not arguing this question, you're just wrong. <laughs> I will fight all of you, but I also don't want to because it's boring as fuck to fight you people. But, Opinions. Yeah, moving on. I have confidence, but I also don't want to fight people because I lose if it was a physical fight. So, if you could, if you could go back and redo any concept, what would you change or improve upon? Uh, I was like thinking about this question. I would say a lot of my older concepts from four and five like i was obviously still learning and there's a lot of my older concepts i feel like the spaces feel like a lot more empty um i would definitely go back and probably propose sh shrinking some of those rooms and then filling up the shelves like more uh just so the rooms don't feel so like barren you know what i mean but also back then um the process was a lot different with doing more isometric concepts which i it's fine but i think oh the art director on genlog um he said like it's not a great idea to do this uh, most of the time because if you only do your environments in isometric you're designing for a view you're never actually going to look at the room with you know so if you're designing so far out you're like oh my god this room is so busy but then every room you're like zooming way far in you know then you're not getting like a clear view of how busy the room should be in order to have the correct amount of noise um in a shot so i did uh, not i do notice a lot of your a lot of your uh environments you add these small little extra points in everything just yeah. to make it feel more lively like yeah, someone yeah, has yeah. actually do live or yeah. work in this room yeah. so that is very interesting okay i think that's like one beneficial thing done a lot of Oh, okay. Yeah, with like filling up the environments, like making an area feel like it's lived in and that it doesn't feel so bare bones and you can like have your characters interact with like the area around them and that. We have like you see certain moments in Ruby where they're doing certain things in these areas and not just standing around and talking where it's just basically them static. Velvet Yeah. Velvet is there's also a good way of it, like establishing a character trait because if we can look at Pietro's one you can look around at uh, how messy it is and how thing but also there's a trash can with a lot of uh, it seems to be uh, ideas. Yeah. So, so it shows he's always shows shows, he, shows he's always working and that is a small thing but it is uh, adds a bit to a character. That's a good A room can tell a person's room a person's room can tell a lot about someone's personality at the end of the day. Like, a bedroom can tell a lot about that person who sleeps in that bedroom. It's the same with, like, when you're writing stories as well as animation. You have two different sides. One you're, show one you're showing, but the other you're having to tell with. And with the story, like, writing a story, you have to build up the scenery and that, build up the area and that. And with animation, I think it's a little bit easier... Because you've got the concepts there to work with and animation techniques, etc. It's also very interesting to compare Pietro, like how you have designed Pietro's room and a uh, the service uh, the server room 
of how like messy and like kind of disorganized Pietro is, and then how pristine and like organized Al is. Yeah. Very interesting dichotomy you uh, you've uh, made in there. Made that. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. But onto the next question. Uh, it is you've done a lot of amazing uh Ruby concerts, but you've also worked on Genlock. Can you tell us a, a bit about that experience? Oh yeah, that was like a lot different because Genlock um <clears throat> higher budget um absolutely and also um unlike a lot of Rooster Teeth projects, they hired like a lot of outside talent. So I would say honestly, like Genlock is probably the project I learned the most from. Um, because we have we got this art director named Michael Pedro who really helped me out a lot. But it's also where I met like a lot of people. Because um, like. When it was when I first got hired on the concept team, it was Patrick Rodriguez who had been in Rooster Teeth forever. Um, it was Aaron Wynn who had been at Rooster Teeth for about a year or two, and then it was me starting out. And so it was pretty much just like two newbies and one with Rooster Teeth experience. So it was really interesting to have people come in and they're like, "Well, I worked on Doom. Well, I I worked on like uh, God Doctor Strange. Like he had all these like really crazy talented people with like a lot of uh, um, Doctor Strange. Oh, uh, like the first one." Yeah, yeah. God, that be... movie does go fucking hard. Same with, and one person worked on the Doom remakes. Yeah, that that'd be Michael Pedro. The Doctor Strange kid is a uh, David Tilton, and I call him a kid because when we hired him, he was like twenty. Like yeah. it was just yeah, it was a lot of people with like just so many different ranges of experiences, and I feel like I learned like a ton from working on Genlock. So, well, there's at least yeah. somebody got something out of that show. I'm not say, I'm not in some anyone who worked on it, but it, mm. it I don't I'm not the biggest fan of Genlock personally as a, like a show itself. It's as I always say, every day is another lesson learned. You can learn new things, even if you think you're experienced. You can always pick up new skills, new experiences, new talents from working around people that are a lot younger than you or a lot older than you you can pick up different areas yeah. in that yeah so people at home yeah don't doubt your talents there's always people out there that will help you even if you think that you're professional enough or experienced enough trust me i do the same <laughs> you no, are talking. Totally, i know yeah. who exactly you are talking in that i know exactly who <laughs> you're doing that on purpose like i could tell like, I know, like, yeah, like, he, he means well, everyone, but he is talking to a very particular person, but everyone can take this message at home, but he is, you kind of let, I'm not letting it escape, Velvet, <laughs> not letting it. Yeah, hi, Ghost. Yeah, it's our boy, Hello. Ghost. <laughs> everyone... It's our boy, I've been uh, teaching him. He's been, you've been teaching everybody, except me, mostly, I just get you to help me. Yeah, you're not a story writer, you're just like, you have problems with outfits and that, so. I, I, okay, it's, uh, I, I'm not a fancy person. Dash fashion I disaster. I will be on, <laughs> I wear shorts and t-shirts. What is, why do you people look, try to dress fancy? I don't get you people. Like, I, it looks inc uncomfortable as hell. Why? Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Like, why, <laughs> why, do you, why do you suffer then? Why do you choose to suffer? Because I want to wear a cute cosplay and be Cali. Oh yeah, because you did cosplay as Callie at RTX. How dare you call Godzilla? How dare you call Godzilla Jurassic Park? I will. I saw that. I recently, I recently saw Jurassic World uh, Dominions. That was on my brain. How dare you insult the king? You have no clue. I, I think he yeah, would get that, along with Rexy. Why not? Yeah, Rex would die and would be dead. No, Everything I think he would get along. I bet... I bet they'd play Fortnite together. 
if you speak Fortnite one more time, I'm going to be What's worse, Fortnite or League of Legends? Fortnite, because children okay, play it. Okay, I'm not as bad then, because I'm a League player. Like, League, League has a different problems, but uh, like, my big thing is Fortnite is children, and children objectively always work. <laughs> Okay, it is, okay, I would take that back, but I'm not going to tell who is worse, because I feel like most people can figure out who's worse than that. <laughs> okay, next question. But I am, I am still mad. I'm going to be mad about the friend. Do not diss the, the grandfather of Toku. You don't do that in my presence. <laughs> but uh, next one is, how did you all overcome roadblocks or hurdles when working on designs? Um, I This will sound like a non-answer, but like, when this happens, I constantly bring out that meme of Shia LaBeouf or Shia LaBeouf saying, just do it. Because, like, here's the thing. On your personal work, you can kind of, like, take forever if you want to because it's just on your own schedule. But when, like, you're in a professional setting and you're getting paid by the hour, you kind of just got to go. So, like, even if you're not particularly inspired, you just start getting something down on the paper and then you'll probably look at it and then be like, oh... I can improve this and this on that, and then that'll start to uh, build up what your eventual final concept will be, you know? So my so, my uh, suggestion, just do it. <laughs> so you never really feel about, like, that block most of the time. You don't really experience that like some people do. Oh, I absolutely do. Oh. It's just you can't afford your, to, like, sit there and do nothing, your, so... Your you method know. is interesting. Is, is that just clip playing in your brain every time you feel, in, uh, right, like, block? Oh, like a block? 100%. You know, it's like if I'm if I have to just say design, like Carrie's like you gotta design a fish restaurant, and I'll be like I don't I I have no ideas for this, and then right. so I just literally just look up a fish restaurant and like start building that, and then I'm like how would I change this, and then I start tweaking it, and then it becomes the Ruby Fish Restaurant. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I think we need to replace that Shia LaBeouf meme and just put Eddie in there now. Like Eddie is a better pick. Because yeah, Eddie will yeah. scare people into yeah. actually doing it. <laughs> Mr. T will actually <laughs> scare people into doing it. <laughs> yeah, that literally is. Like, he's, every picture of him is just smiling ear to ear. He's enjoying his life. He's enjoying his time. Is he a yeah, fun guy to work with, though, Santa? Like, are him and Kerry, like, how... I wish I could work with Eddie more, because Eddie isn't a director. He's a supervising writer. So uh, if I talk to Eddie, it's more just, like, as a, a normal conversation, right? I wish I got to work with Eddie more, but... Okay, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to expand this question. It's interesting. Who, like, like, who do you find, like, the most fun to work with at RT? Like, uh, between, like, the animators, voice actors, when you get to work with them? Who do you find, like, the most fun to work with? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I think my immediate thought is just saying my own team, because we were, like, the goofiest fucking team. Like, none of our meetings were ever quiet, so, like, my concept team was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm gonna do the opposite now. Uh, do you want to admit who you dislike working with the most? No. She isn't gonna risk her job for that one, Bionic. I, no. I, I, so, I, I had a feeling she wasn't gonna answer. I'm still gonna ask it because it is funny. So who's. Uh, I mean, also, the fact, also, also, the fact with that answer, you definitely have somebody in mind. Also, <laughs> one thing to keep in mind, though, is a lot of the time it isn't like people hate each other. It's just like there's conflicts of interest between. Yeah, people. no, I like, wasn't. 
Yeah, I kind of yeah. was expecting that. I have, I'm a bit of a guy that just straight goes to hate half the time. So I, I but I expect more, more people don't do that because I'm. Santa like, saying that yeah, about her concept team. No, I just had a thought. What if we had her whole concept team in our whole podcast crew doing a massive interview? How chaotic would that be? <laughs> oh, it'd be crazy. I think we joked about in Genlog. Like every time this one producer would walk in, all of our conversations would devolve to either furries or Mr. Plinkett. And I don't know why. <laughs> that is a good, good, like, it's like, you don't even know. Like, it just, it's just, that's what happened. That's what, what it always went to. What was this, what was, like, what did this produce have, like, an aura to him that just radiated? I don't know. Poor, I'm calling you out, Brian Lee. Like, every time he walked in, we'd be talking about, like, a furry Mr. Plink, and he'd be like, why do I walk back here and then walk away? <laughs> that sounds amazing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Was it uh, majorly different working on Ruby and Genlock? What was like the main differences or challenges between the two? Um, I would say the two main differences were one, Genlock had different directors, and different directors all have just different styles. So that'd be probably the number one difference because, like, the style, like, it's more detailed than Ruby, obviously, but it's not, not like so so different. You know what I mean? Um, uh, and also the at the time. Company. Yeah, and also at the, at the time with Genlock, I didn't actually know 3D that well, so I was doing oh. everything um, by hand, basically, and my director would make fun of me for it, but I did learn <laughs> 3D eventually, so there's uh, that. Um, hey. and Yeah, the so second like... difference is the pipeline was a lot different. Um, it was kind of underdeveloped, in my opinion, and it was smoothed out a lot more in Ruby 7 and 8. Was it was it difficult switching the genres? Because I know Ruby and Genlock are two different genres. Was that a bit like uh, whiplash feeling, or was it, you know, easy to settle in switching genres and then going back to Ruby afterwards? Uh, it was kind of easy for me personally because, like, again, they aren't like super different. I would say like the main difference with Genlock and Ruby uh, as a conceptor is that Genlock has a lot more reflectivity than Ruby. Um, and a lot more detail, so it's basically more just removing, like, making more, like, large details rather than, like, tiny, tiny details, you know? Well, the interesting, the interesting does it is, like, by the time you went back after working in Genlock, you were, like, straight into the Atlas arc, so you were still kind of doing a yes. lot of that, like, sci-fi Yeah, that's stuff. also true as well, <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 and now Volume 9 is, like, completely different to how that sci-fi is. Oh, so yeah, I know, it was so, we were actually so happy, again, my other spoiler free uh, teaser for volume nine i think there were just like hundreds of ui screens we had to make for seven and eight and then in nine there's like barely any which made us so happy i do i do know a friend of mine who uh who also cannot stand working on the hard light uh hard light uh <laughs> screens a lot so i i they share your pain <laughs> It's not like I hate it. It's just kind of boring, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. the same kind of feeling. How light screen, yeah. like, but the difference, yeah, difference. You got it was both uh, both artists doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that was fun. okay. So the next, so with most of the main questions done, we will be moving on to the a uh, few more fan questions. So starting with a person that just is going by Joseph Twenty One, what is what is it like? Um, uh, this is a weird one, so I don't know. This is a weird one. I don't think he understood who it was. What was it like animated for Ruby? Is it hard to learn animation with the code program? Or in your case, we don't know if you if you animate or have knowledge on this learning the art. 
learned art with your current program at Phoenix. I think he doesn't understand yeah, that you so, learned an animator. Yeah, I'm not an animator. I would say that, like, if you're learning standard animation through Maya or Max, it's pretty much probably the same thing. Um, like, because uh, Ruby is now animated in Maya, so it shouldn't be that different if you also learned in an Autodesk program. Um, I would say the the weirdest things with Ruby animation, at least from my knowledge, are like the specific pipeline tools, but a lot of those don't have to do with animating specifically. They have to be doing like, how do you import your camera correctly? Or how do you make sure your character is in the same position for the next person animating your scene? You know, um, a lot of those saving tools are different with um, their proprietary uh, source control program. So, but you, if you did get a job at Rooster Teeth, you would learn that on the job, obviously. So. Yeah. Okay. The next, uh, the next time, next question we have from Nino Yia. I do apologize again for anyone who I butchered the names of. If you had to form, this is a really fun question. If you had to form a basketball team out of characters from Ruby in order to fight the monsters from the movie Space Jam, which two main characters, two side characters, and one background character would you choose, and why? Okay. So I did think about this one. Okay, my two main characters are Yang and Weiss, because see, if I chose, like, Yang and Blake, or uh, Ruby and Weiss, they'd be protecting each other, so we need two that wouldn't, and would just kill them. Um, the two side characters are, I would pick Elm and Vine, because they're really tall, and one yeah. background character, I'd pick the shopkeep. Yeah, he's, he's the he, sacrifice. He's too... Oh, uh, you just put, <laughs> you just put <laughs> Ruby Jesus on that team. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, no, Shopkeep is truly, is actually the most powerful creature in this universe, besides, only rivaled by Zwei himself. He's only allowed to use 1% of his power, though. <laughs> what, is he fucking Shaggy now? Yeah. <laughs> Shopkeep versus Shaggy. <laughs> that needs to be the next <laughs> death battle. That needs to be a death battle, RT. Shaggy versus Shopkeep. Anybody? God, that would be horrendous. Okay. From... Uh, the next question is from Far Out. Uh, oh, I think f- that's Faye. 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 Fa- I'm so sorry. From Faye. Out of Arrowfell, Volume 9, and the Ruby Justice crossover movie, which are you looking forward to the most? So I'm kind of a main story, Andy, so I'm looking forward to 9 the most, personally. But there's, there's stuff I like from all of them, so. I think, though, I remember, Val, uh, you mentioned the reception from. Uh, Volume 9 was, uh, in comparison to Arafel, was very different. I remember you Yeah, that. there is a lot of different hype. Like, a lot of people are excited for the game, but then Volume 9's trailer sort of blew that out the water because, you know, we got the teaser and we got a clip as well, and it's just left it as still a mystery with Volume 9. Like, what the hell is going on? Whereas with Arafel, we're sort of still in the Atlas arc, but Volume 9's in that sort of we're now in the unknown so you've got two different stories and that and like with volume nine not coming out until next year we have to just deal with atlas this year with arafel so there's a lot of hype and a lot of mystery and speculation and theories to come for volume nine before that releases in 2023 which 2023 then you have the justice league and then you have the justice league movie where we just know it's coming out there is nothing about that besides that it's the air of mystery I like the mystery behind it, like, when looking back through Ruby and that, is, 
when certain things are sort of either spoiled in the intro or spoiled in the posters, like Cinder being seen in the Volume 6 poster when we thought she had died at the end of Volume 5, I wish they had kept that a mystery. Like, keeping Neo's return and not putting, like, Roman's uh, hat in the intro of Volume 6. Like, I like those sort of things to be kept a mystery and have that bit more surprise factor behind them. So I'm glad we're not going to get anything about Justice League until next year, which is the anniversary year as well. Like, the anniversary for the Red Traders coming up this year, and then we got four or five big anniversaries next year, which is... That is a lot. Because you've got the white trailer, the black trailer, and yellow trailer anniversary next year. You've got RT's 20-year anniversary and Ruby's 10-year anniversary next year. So, there's a lot to come next year. I'm, I'll admit, I'm excited. And now knowing that you've worked on the Justice League, and that's your final thing, I'm expecting the Justice League concepts and that to be you going out with a bang. <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, thank you. Yeah, there... There's like obviously I can't spoil the Justice League, but there's also like a lot of interesting stuff in the Justice don't, League stuff. Well. Don't cop, don't don't take anything from the comics. That's all I want to say. Please don't. I beg yeah, you. it's like the comics. Like I don't I don't think they make for a great movie because they didn't really have like a central plot per se. But I think they were good uh, fans. Yeah, but once like the main villain Starro didn't show up until like the ending. Yeah. Like, he basically wasn't a factor for how long. And also, and then also everything else just didn't make sense. How like half of it just didn't make sense. Yeah, I think it was more for like fan service to see the characters like, oh, here, here's like Weiss and Batman having a fight. I think that was like more the purpose of it, and that that's fine for what it is. But yeah, the the minute they the movie, <laughs> I'm hoping the movie doesn't bring the multiverse into it. I'm hoping that the movie doesn't bring the multiverse into it because that broke my brain in the comics when the idea of the multiverse was brought into it. That <laughs> broke me. Question: What broke? What broke you more, the multiverse or Diana entirely? I would say both broke me equally. I think the thing that you remember me raging the most over was the fact that Fauna's either had two traits, three traits, or four traits instead of one trait. Like I am a fuck, I am a cannon Andy when it comes to those sort of things. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will get vocal if something doesn't fit in canon. I am the vocal one in this group. Well, from from. It's from, I believe it's just Bardock. Yep, Bardock. Uh, if, Ruby and, if Ruby and Co. were a pirate crew in One Piece, what would their respective roles be, aside from Ruby being the captain? I did think about this too. So, first mate would be Weiss, second mate would be Yang, and uh, I would say the doctor would be John, and uh, the ship would be Monster. <laughs> Um, and, uh, that the navigator can be Blake, and then I'm out of ideas. <laughs> Interesting. Being that I, uh, I actually do watch One Piece, there is, a if you're curious about, if we're going by the Straw Hat Pirates, you have, of course, Captain, First Mate, Cook, Navigator, Sniper, Archaeologist, Shipwright, sh Oh, well, the cook has to be ha Ren, right? Yeah, he's the one. only one that can actually cook on the team. What would, uh, what, uh, there's also Helmsman. Oh, Helmsman will be that'll be Nora for sure. Shipwright? Who will be in charge of Uh that can be Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> then the then the sniper. Which is that, that'll be Kuro. You are running out of people. 
Well, if there is a parrot, we can say it's Pyrrha reincarnated. Yeah. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. I think, I think the only last one in the, if we go by straw hats, are, is just the archaeologist. Oh, yeah, mu musician. That, that was the oh, one. Oh, musician? Name, right? I guess that can be Weiss, too. A dual role? And then yeah. there's archaeologist. Uh... Who the hell cares about history? Uh, Ublek. I'll make the hell. What's his name? Ublek. He could be the archaeologist. Excuse me. History is very important in people. I mean, I care your... about history. Who in Ruby cares about history? Then, uh, Ublek, you answered your own question. You yeah. bringing? Yeah. <laughs> you bringing up Ublek has got just sparked a question in my head. How much of Ruby have you actually seen before you started working with our team, Ruby? seen all of it oh um, you were a fan before you joined yeah that's fun yeah I, I mean i started rooster teeth with most people where i was watching like red versus blue season three when i was in middle school okay i'm curious i have a small thing so you never got to meet monty on right as you only joined about i actually met him once at Ooh, a con. you did what yeah. did, what was your what, what did your impression of monty was when you met him Oh, I thought he was nice, but we barely talked at all because I was like in a line for autographs, obviously. So they were just like doing like a conga line, so I barely got to say anything. Uh, but I well, have I have a signed a signed red versus blue poster that I keep. Yeah, well, that is a, that is a valuable thing in this community. I'm sure a lot of people would agree that Monty would be proud of you with what the work you've done. I think a lot of people. What have you? Uh... When you've been working for Artie, what have you heard about Monty and, like, what's your impression of him now after, you know, hearing stories about him? I imagine he's mentioned a lot when working on Ruby. Um, is it weird to say he's, like, totally crazy but talented? Would that be fair? <laughs> I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't yeah, because, like, what I hear is, like, his work is great, but his methods were, like, kind of off the wall. <laughs> but in the end, it worked out. Does that make sense? I like that. Uh, that feels yeah. really like that. Really does feel like him. What I what I've heard. Yeah. About him. Obviously, I didn't know him personally because I only met him one time. But from well, the I, stories, yeah. Well, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be like, able to have a chance to meet him. So it's nice hearing stories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like when you hear about like how Ruby was conceived, he's like, "I saw it in a dream," and you're like, "All right, Monty," but then it was actually like a really good idea, you know? So <laughs> dreams yeah. can be some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but the next question is from uh, Killdozer. Does the Atlesian soldiers taking block formations outside Mantle during the Grim Invasion mean Grim act like horses? Napoleonic tactics, in case you're wondering. Um, I'd say no. The The block formations were more to get across clearly uh, that it was a military operation, if that makes sense. It wasn't necessarily like uh deep research military tactics. I could feel that. that. We, we've had some discussions yeah. about this, and from the guy that knows military, it made no sense. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was more just to get it, the idea across clearly to the layman, like, uh, which is often in concept. Like, I think one co one critique of a Genlock concept that uh, I laughed at, but it was right, was that, like, the Striders, which I think are a great design in Genlock, have a stupid design because you don't want a giant orange windshield that basically says shoot here. But if you didn't have that, then it would be a harder to read their design. You know what I mean? So it, I, again, of, I don't yeah. know much. I haven't really watched Genlock because I really wasn't a fan of it. So I really don't know what that is. Velvet. Yeah. 
Genlock is yeah, Genlock with the Striders. Basically, they have like the orange window across the cockpit, so you can see the character through the cockpit window in certain shots when they're used. Yeah. You 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 didn't really you didn't think of doing the uh, method of uh, kind of just going into the cockpit like uh, like uh, how Iron Man they use it in uh, the uh, Marvel movies to to so they get like uh, you know downy more uh, screen time. You didn't think of doing it more like uh, that. They, they see they do that, but the point was to have it easily readable. Because for instance, you have like the orange, the the bright orange against like the cool gray, you know. So it's meant to make it pop when you're looking at it in a scene, you know. Does, whereas does like every, Iron Man kind of has that. Does actually, every series of mechs have one mech that has mantis legs? Is that just a fact of life? Does, does, there's yes. always there always digi grade legs. Why is that always around? I love digi grade legs, but it does seem to be a thing. Does, <laughs> just like in every series. Yes. <laughs> the legs. Nice? Everyone wants to be chicken. Everyone wants to be chicken. I mean, it's rooster teeth. <laughs> it is rooster okay, teeth. Uh, and the final fan question is one from Wolf Marks. Have ever thought of going into going to Comic Con in a different state? Uh, yes, I have. I'm kind of afraid of COVID right now. So when that, that is... chills out. Well, like, I went to RTX, obviously, but it was, like, smaller, you know? But then I looked at Anime Expo right now, and I got freaked out. And, uh, <laughs> like, I'm not, like, crazy paranoid about COVID, but I'm, like, normal paranoid about COVID. So, uh, once shit chills, then yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, mean, it will be... Like, once COVID's died down, it'd be nice to, you know, have... Because it's starting to get back into the field with the convention circuit, and uh, you can see it starting to come yeah. slowly back. People ain't rushing into it, and uh, and obviously with RTX, the precautions were taken, and seeing like the precautions were being taken, people were being safe, people were being looked after. Yeah. That was the one thing that's like I've, I've heard some stories of people weren't being weren't being the best kind of people during RTX, but uh, they not. weren't. But I didn't actually go to those events by chance. Like one of the there was like one outside event that had like a COVID break, but like I didn't. No, no, I, I'm more talking about some particular people I've heard about not following the. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I don't know much about those events. The thing is, though, I've never been to an RTX. The fact that I haven't even been to America since. Uh, like I was like fucking one or some shit. I don't really travel much to be honest. Yeah. So. Which is and to be honest though, I feel like if I did try to go, I'd I'd be goop before I even like set foot in RTX. Oh be... yeah, that's one thing my friend was laughing at at all the people who are visiting Texas for the first time. They were like, "It sure is hot." I'm like, "Yep." It's I do remind. Hot. I do remind you. I don't live in the states, and I live in a country yeah. that is very much. I think most people kind of know where I am. I'm Irish, so yeah. yeah. What I figured out is what you guys consider like relative normal heat is what I consider very fucking warm. Yeah, I'm going right to go to America. I look at what? my uh my my thermostat right now. It's ninety two. <laughs> Time. Oh, Fahrenheit. Hold on, let me do that in uh, normal people. I don't know. Oh, Fahrenheit, the fucking that's Celsius. 30, that's 33 Celsius. Is that, is, is 90 what you consider relative normal? Or what you consider normal? No. Uh, well, see, I would say normal. God, I don't know. It's it, it's like hot in the summer and cold in the winter. We we, we like you know unless well that's normal if you're not Australian because Australia yeah. just does everything weirdly. Yeah. So it's just like, mm, Australia, yes, I'm definitely smart. Australia, the land that wants to kill you. 
fact, as I've heard from a, a, a person, it is it is God's res it's God's bin. Every random idea he comes up with is yeeted in there. It's kind of true though. Like I learned that there's only like two, maybe three venomous spiders in the United States, and then you look at Australia and it has like four hundred million. Like, <laughs> uh, ever heard of the Sydney funnel web? No. Uh, there are uh, there there is species wandering spiders, so uh. They have a habit of wandering at people's houses, and, um, yeah, oh. taking, resi taking residence in people's shoes. Say the oh. least, Sydney Funnelweb, Sydney Funnelweb, uh, anti-venom is one of the most administrated. It's not the most, though. I believe it's stonefish. Stonefish are terrifying. Stonefish. Yeah, don't mess with a stonefish. They are creatures of death. They've got venomous spines. Like, they're, they're, they camouflage themselves, and they have venomous spines, and if you try to... It's kind of, if you step on them, the spines will keep going up. If you keep trying to step on them, it go worse. And it is the most administered venom beside, like, Black Widows. Or, or, it's a yeah. spider species, I think, is the most one. I know this shit. Alive. Do not question. I have the most random of animal facts. Also, the fact that kiwis are related to, like, all the big flightless birds. But they, yeah. and weirdly, though, they have, the egg they lay breaks makes like pushes their skeleton and organs around because it's bigger than they am no, they are. The yeah yeah i know kiwis get like are not given a hand in life and then there's we talk about the bigger boys the cassowaries murder birds <laughs> i'm just realizing that you're giving her are they different you know the big blue birds yeah blue... yeah those ones can gut you in a single kick were those the ones that the Australians lost a war that's against? An emu, that's an emu. E I think oh, that's the... okay. Okay, that story is great, but I'm not going to explain it because I've heard the uh, true story from an actual Australian. So I, I, I like it. I like it better when it's just Australians lost to emus. Emu. <laughs> uh, it's not the most hated. It's not the most hated bird in Australia. I just like the fact that you've just given her a lot of ideas for future Grim Bionic, and you didn't really like it. You expect me not? You think I'm not doing this on purpose? <laughs> I like animals. I've made Grim of the dumbest shit. I made Grim out of creepy pastas. I do fucking anything. I've used dinosaurs. <laughs> I've used creepy pastas. I've used fucking. I've I've used a fucking bloodborne enemy. I've done shite. Unlike I me, where I take the yours meme and make it a grimification. He did do that. He did do that. <laughs> I. I Becoming the enemy. Hell of a thing. Chapter 3, though. Mm. Chapter 3. Chapter 3 is best to, not to read after you've had dinner or something, because that chapter really sends the creepy GBs through people. I am pretty good at reading. I could read every other chapter, but chapter 3. Mm. I'll send it to you, Senna, so you can have a look through. If you're allowed. Okay, so... I don't know if we are. That is the last question we asked. So, I, if you have anything interesting you would like to mention uh, before you know we finish anything off. Yeah, because we know like we have mentioned like you are leaving RT and you've already got something lined up. If I remember correctly, where are you venturing to for the greener pastures? The next chapter of your journey. I've actually uh, moved on to Skybound uh, Productions, uh, and I am doing background paintings for Invincible now. Invincible? You mean the the uh, the show? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah! Holy! 
That yeah, is like, wait, um, wait, wait, did you wait, did you work on season one? Because I know it's season two. No, no. Okay, I'm... so you're working in season two. I look forward yeah. to see your work. Then. Thank you. I fucking adore Invincible. It's so well. Yeah, I thought it was so good. And like basically like my Rooster Teeth contract was ending and um I left shortly before my contract was going in just to keep steady employment and uh Yeah. <laughs> so we got two years yeah. left of her with with Santa with uh Ruby and then Omni Man to look forward to, like Santa being an Omni Man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You may be able to speak to the legend of J.K. Simmons. You may. Oh get yeah. To... I, I didn't. Obviously, I didn't work with him. And I remember when I before I watched Invincible, I was like, that guy sounds like the guy from Spider Man. And it is like, the guy from Spider Man. Oh, I did my. This was my uh, announcement piece for for me going to uh, Skypound. If you never saw it. Oh, if you I, see again, I don't, I don't, I don't keep up with uh, Twitter a lot. To be yeah, honest. yeah, yeah. If you see J.K. Simmons, just tap him on the shoulder and send him our way. I'm sure we'd be happy to have him on this, on the channel, and have him on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, me, 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 and, me and him are the bestest buddies. So <laughs> yeah. we play Fortnite all the time. Anybody on Fortnite? Okay, honest question: Has there any? Has there been any any actor you've wanted to? get on ruby that you can say that it's not going to be able to but you uh, have you ever like for like an actor you would love to work with on ruby or something morgan freeman for sure that is an amazing that is a good answer that, that yeah. Is a, yeah morgan uh, fucking freeman yeah <laughs> no honestly i have a particular bias to my boy johnny young bosh to say the least yeah. That or if a if like a career voice actor, I would say is his name. Okay, hold on. I've been doing the research. Let, let, yeah, hold on. I, I'm checking to make sure I have the right name. Uh, Dan Green. I would love Dan, Dan Green. Green. Interesting. Dan yeah. Green. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> Dan Green and Jack Black. I know, like <laughs> I know, like looking back at like the concept question and that, and it made me remember like what Santa brought up when we were doing the audio test and just prepping before the podcast about the swarms. If she's allowed to mention that to the people at home about the swarms, her little fun idea that she had. And you? What was that? Oh, yeah, that was, it was like an idea of a Grimm I would wanted to see in the show, but like I'm not the writer or anything, so I don't determine what. Yeah. Yeah, but are you are you allowed to like elaborate on it like you did with us, or is that? No, um, that, that, that was just my it? dumb idea. Like sometimes okay. we can pitch dumb ideas, and sometimes they get in, sometimes they don't. That was just an off the wall idea. Okay, like, can we have a swarm Grimm? If, <laughs> yeah. if you would think on it, what kind of creature would you choose to be swarm? Would you pick a bug, or would you pick like a more mythological creature, or something? Oh, I'd want like a, I want them to be tiny. I'd want like like a silverfish or something. Isn't the silverfish based on them? Yes, they are. But this was before we had the silverfish. Interesting. Yeah, so I wanted it to be like they were like in a submarine or something, and then suddenly like the grim like crawl in through the cracks, which if would obviously want, be horror. If you <laughs> yeah. wanted the interest in a, a sea creature, there's the cookie cutter shark, which was a shark yeah. that almost that thing almost caused the. Uh, some a war because they're too yeah. stupid to register that they're biting on a fucking submarine and not another creature. That would be terrifying as a group. Yeah. Let's, okay, be honest, the sea has a million choices. Like half the species you could be terrifying Grim. Because the ocean doesn't give a shit. Yeah. The ocean oh, doesn't give a single I'm, I actually kind of think like designing off sea creatures, like I don't know if many people my age had this nightmare, but the fucking that that like 
saw shark from James and the Giant Peach gave me nightmares for like ever. Like I think most people just get nightmares from that movie in general. Like, yeah, movie in general. It's weird. Like that particular part just sticks with me. I don't know. I'd like a grim like that. That's literally just like that's literally just like a grim blender that you go in and you're just meat. <laughs> like a uh, whisper in depths from How to Turn Your Dragon. Those rotated yeah. mouths. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that would be an interesting. Rotated <laughs> mouths seem to be a, like a popular thing for creatures. I just know yeah. the whisper in depth, like particularly. I have a, I was a, okay, honestly, so the selfish, what was your opinion on the other two candidates for that, uh, uh that, uh, contest that was going, the Plague Doctor looking one and the Windigo? What do you, what was your opinion on those two? Uh, oh, wait, I and also, were, wait, I and also, and also the goat, actually. also that, the uh, goat creature. Apologies, I forgot the goat creature, the goat one. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, like, decently liked them all, but I'll admit the sulfur fish was the most colorful, so that's the one I gravitated you, towards the most. <laughs> in, so you're, ha you're happy about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sulfur fish was the one I actually wanted to win, but, like, I thought the others were, like, good as well. So it's not like, it's not like, God, I hate this one. It's more like, I want this one to win because it's my favorite. <laughs> I do like so. me more buggy boys. And I do. Yeah, also they were, the also the concept was kind of cute. Like they had like this little picture of Ruby being jumped on by two of them. And I thought that yeah. was funny looking. Like, I looked, I, it's, a bit disappoint, it's a bit disappointing. They weren't able to be used that basically at all in a uh, volume uh, eight or nine. Yeah, it's because, like, seven. when the contest ended, obviously we didn't have that much time to, like, get it rigged up, and, like, pretty much that last scene was, like, the last scene with Grimm by the time it was made. But it, it'll yeah, be... And also the later. fact that you brought back the apathy and they did nothing. Yeah, they... yeah. So, I mean, it'll, it'll come back later, because, I mean, the asset's complete now, so any other scene with Grimm can now have the sulfur fish, so... I just... Yeah. My big I mean, speaking on Grim, we know we got like the new Grim coming into Arafel, the one that's based on the Harpy and one that looks like it's based on a goblin. Did you have any involvement with Arafel's concepts? Uh, I did. I designed um, the environments for the cutscenes Rooster Teeth made, and um, I did uh, some of the props in those cutscenes, and then. Obviously, the style was different before, and the game adjusted. And so, when I saw like, the preview at RTX, I was like, "Oh, that's the environment I designed. That's cool." So, it is indeed cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if we have much else to really talk about. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much play. that's pretty much everything. We've covered all the fan questions, which honestly, I'm happy about. We covered the fan questions. We covered a lot of interesting, fun facts in that. And Sana has been you an amazing. Up. Yeah, I, I I messed up. That's gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go back, find that moment, and put what I asked. I'm gonna have to remember what I asked and put that just in text there. I I completely forgot. Like I had to I had to dip because my stomach wasn't feeling too good. I muted in OBS. And... You, you, you explained already. You explained already. But it has been honestly a pleasure to have you uh, with us. Uh, thank you. I, I had fun too. Hope to have you back on again at some point in the future. Like you know, after Volume Nine has started to come out, we can get you on here and drag oh, you yeah, in about. I can finally, I can finally like talk about everything because I want to talk about it. I just can't. Yeah, as soon as Volume Nine has aired, <laughs> I'm kidnapping you and bringing you in here for interrogation. You are going to get interrogated after Volume Nine, yeah. guarantee. Uh, okay. And the same with the Justice League movie. Out of all the writers of Rubies, who do you fear the most? Like, if you started spoiling some stuff, who would you fear coming after you the most? 
See, yeah. I don't think the writers would come after me. I think it would be the producers. Uh, I, I, I think they're the ones watching. <laughs> uh, I, I, I fear you. Who do I want to name? Who do you want to throw under the bus? Joe. Joe. <laughs> I fear you, Joe. <laughs> Joe. Producer, you just make up a name. Yeah, oh no, he's he's one of the heads of animation. Okay. Hello, Joe. <laughs> Hi, Joe. Not talking about anything illegal here, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> oh, I did say I want to put a child into the stratosphere, so I don't know if that would be considered illegal. Man <laughs> 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 has not mentioned anything illegal. I did. There was actually one time there was like a meeting we were starting, and like you know, beforehand everyone's always loud in a meeting before the meeting officially starts, and. There was like this like meowing sound and I was like, oh, someone has a cat and Joe went, oh no, that's my kid. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hi, Joe's <laughs> child. <laughs> well done. Oh my god. But I yeah, honestly, I will honestly say in future we will get you back on because this has been this has been chaos. But it has been fun chaos. It's been organized chaos. I really do want to thank you for coming on, though, and, like, you know, having fun with us and answering the questions and trying to dodge bullets and not get yourself shot. It's similar to when we've had Myers on. He's trying to avoid <laughs> things to not get shot. So we kind of expect that. But in the future, we're yeah. going to definitely bring you back like, on. We want to blab. Yeah. Yeah. We want to blab when it's out. We said we will when it's out. Just can't for now. Just have to be patient, guys. We will get her back on, and we get her on for after Volume Nine and after the Justice League movie as well, because those are two things that we can pick her brain on. So don't worry about that. And that's pretty much it. We are also this was going to be time that was going to announce this, but I have to do it. So let me do it. Uh, let me do it. It's... You want to do it? Go for it, then, old boy. Yeah, so for everyone who like interested, who enjoys listening to our, our ramblings, to say least, we are now on Spotify. We've been on Spotify for a while now, so if anyone would like to uh, go uh, follow us on there, the link will be in the description of this podcast, to say the least. Yes, uh, indeed. Could, again, prefer, if you do prefer just watching the videos, you can still stick to Nuna. We will be... Uh, Velvet will be uploading both of them on uh, both of them at, like, well, obviously, video first, then Spotify, well, how it's going to be laid out. Yeah. So, for people that... Uh, enjoys that yeah so, so uh, that's pretty much everything for the day thank you to everyone that sent in their fan questions and that I hope you've enjoyed this chaotic interview with Santa Freeman and I hope you guys honestly have a good day wherever you are in the world catch you later guys also uh, stop stop being impatient stop being impatient volume time will release when it releases Shush, all of you. No impatience. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs>